Gone are the days of knights and chivalry, and yet that hasn't changed God's vision of you as a man of valor. Today, pornography is a simple mouse click away, and sexual addiction is at an epidemic level. Dr. Mark Laser is an internationally known author and speaker, the leading Christian authority on sexual addiction, and the host of Faithful and True's online radio production, The Men of Valor Program. Here now is Dr. Mark Laser. Welcome to the Men of Valor program. Uh, today we are continuing on with uh, uh, Debbie as our, not our guest, but our regular contributor. And uh, we're doing a series on um, what uh, women find helpful in terms of uh, building trust back into the relationship. We're actually calling this new series, When You've Broken Her Trust. I don't like that title. Don't you? Well, talk talk to the uh, idea I creator. Nice. I like it a lot, Debbie. It's going over well. Well, it's like the title of her book, Shattered Vows. I don't like that either, but it's a great title. Mm, I think it's catching on. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, Mark's right. We're happy to have Debbie with us again today to continue this series. Uh, we started out last week by covering the first four of 14 key points that you uh, came up with for us. Mm-hmm. So, uh, do you want to just get right back into it and... Uh, uh, maybe just remind them what point four was, and then yeah. Or maybe I could to... just remind them quickly one through four, right, just right. to name them. We won't right. get into anything, but um, the first thing I mentioned was that owning a problem, saying that you have something you need to fix, was a very perfect way to start in terms of trying to make a change in your life. Showing brokenness and remorse uh, was number two. Number three was doing whatever it takes uh, to be sober. Uh, which is a little bit in line with number four, which is to stay sober. Right. So number four is to stay sober. Stay sober. At all right. costs. Yeah. Right. I know, you know, and these sound, you know, rather short and easy, and I know that none of these are, and of course that's why we went into a little more length about each one of these last time. No, that's right. But uh, sobriety is the, the key to everything else. I mean, if the husband is not sober, there's not really uh, much these other points can do, mm-hmm. so... Well, and I think one of the main points that I I know we have experienced in trying to help couples uh, build on their marriage is if there isn't a foundation of sobriety, when we try to work on other marital issues, it tends to always go back to that. That's and, right. Yeah. So. All that to say, if uh, you did not get the opportunity to hear last week's show, uh, go on to our show page and look for the February 5th. Men of Valor program to be able to get up to speed on this new on this new series. So, Deb, why don't you start off by uh, introducing us to point five? Point five is to become a truth teller in the relationship. And uh, when we talk about telling the truth, I think one of the more important things is that the truth comes by offering information. It doesn't come by someone finding out information. Mm -hmm. And I think um, also it's important to know that when we talk about sharing the truth about issues with sexual infidelity, we're we're talking about a number of things, not only what you're not doing, but also this huge element of truth-telling or lying in the relationship, hiding, not telling the whole truth, uh, which is a really big part for a wife in terms of trying to rebuild trust. So is this the one where you talk about full disclosure then? Yes, I would like to do that eventually. Yeah, but the point you're making now is that uh, addicts have historically been, you know, chronic liars and uh, in recovery as they gain sobriety, they're learning how to tell the truth and uh, that needs to be an ongoing thing and it needs to be sometimes proactively offered to the wife rather than 
her having to ask. Right. So one of the things that I know has been really helpful um, as you work with men, and especially those that come to our intensive workshop, is that your definition of sobriety includes an element of not lying as well as the behaviors that are involved with, with being sexually sober. And I would say that that is such an important element for wives because one of the things that I know was true for me and for most I talk to is that <clears throat> knowing that you haven't had the truth about any number of things, especially about sexual acting out or emotional acting out, is that um, it tends to upset the reality of everything in a wife's life, not, not just that particular part of her life. So you begin to wonder uh, what is true. And you can start filing back through all kinds of circumstances and experiences in life together, and you start questioning all of it, which is not necessarily uh, true in terms of there are many things, as I know is true in our life, that really were true and were honest. And when you were there and uh, we were sharing life together, that was true. And because there was lying around the other parts of life, it began to lead me to wonder if any of it was true. So it becomes a rather black and white place that I think we can, we as wives can get into. That's right. And what you're, what you're mentioning is that uh, our definition of sobriety, LAMP, L-A-M-P, does include uh, the L for lying. So uh, we consider that uh, truth-telling is actually a proactive part of uh, sobriety. And the A is adultery, the M is masturbation, and the P is for pornography. So we don't necessarily need to get into all of that, but uh, it is important enough, I think, to the average uh, wife that the truth is being told. And in fact, I think, haven't you said at some point, that's, that's sometimes more important than an occasional slip, but I'm, I'm not sure that's true either. But. Well, I think, um, as most women would say, they're both important yeah. and very important. Um, one of the things that I, I would like to mention in terms of becoming a truth teller is that I do believe that we all are very intuitive people. We have a way of being able to take in our world at kind of an internal place. In other words, we, we sense things are happening in our world. Um, I believe this is where the Holy Spirit works a lot in our life, that I think sometimes we can't always put our finger on, but we have thoughts that flow through our mind. We have feelings that show up that create very strong hunches about things or red flags about things or gut feelings about things. And I think when our external world or the, the world that people are telling us about um, don't match up, which happens, by the way, when we are lied to or things are hidden from us, that it creates a tension that I think for everyone um, is very disconcerting. And that tension, I think, can lead us to stop trusting ourselves, to start feeling like we're crazy um, and I think sometimes we start to sound and look crazy, to be honest. And oftentimes when I'm talking at a men's workshop and I mention this part of, of this need to match up our internal and external reality, you know, they kind of shake their heads that, you know, mm -hmm. they, their spouses have sounded crazy at times. And, and to be honest, when I talk with wives, we know we have felt crazy at times when we've lived for years without having the whole truth. Mm -hmm. Um, therefore, I, I know that it's extremely important in building trust that we work on telling each other the whole truth. And we have a format for doing that, which we call full disclosure. Yeah, and this is a quite controversial topic in the whole field of sexual, sexual addiction. So you'll hear a lot of different opinions about this, but we are very uh, convinced that 
full disclosure is an absolutely essential part of building trust. So mm -hmm. you want to go ahead and describe? Well, I would say, too, before we get into a, maybe a short description of how we do full disclosure, yeah. is that um, I know in the world there are a lot of times where, where people might tell someone who has done some hurtful things to another that it would be better just not to share those things because you've maybe hurt them enough with what they already know. In fact, I know this is what you were told That's right. uh, 10 years before uh, you were even in recovery. Well, it kept me in, uh, uh, that piece actually kept me in active addiction for another 10 years when somebody had the opportunity to intervene on me and they, they very definitely felt like I shouldn't tell you because it would be too harmful. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, and I think the word I often hear, hear is that it's hurtful. And, you know, it is hurtful to someone to hear things that have been done, that have been betrayed you, that have betrayed you or, or have not been honest over the years. But what I do know now, especially as a clinician, is that it is way more harmful to allow someone to not live in their reality. And I, I honestly believe that when we're not allowed to live in our reality because someone is keeping information from us, it does lead to all kinds of distress um, emotionally, spiritually, mentally. And I think that is way more harmful to someone than allowing them to face into the pain of legitimate things that have happened and to allow them to find a healing journey through that. So that leads us to our process of full disclosure. Well, that's right. And, uh, you know, the men obviously, uh, you know, get anxious about this, don't look forward to this. Uh, you know, uh, resisted at times, but it does involve uh, a period of preparation in which they um, work with me and they uh, come up with a complete timeline of their sexual behaviors and anything that uh, affected them in terms of their sexual development from birth to the present. So, Right. And perhaps rather than getting into a lot of detail about that yeah. here, mm -hmm. um, we could mention that we, we have a full PDF that's available mm -hmm. on our website that you and I have written about how we mm -hmm. lead a couple through that process, and right. it's also available in our, mm -hmm. our new book that we wrote, A Toolkit for Growth. Um, but all that to say, I, I think there are many good things that, that come out of full disclosure. One is it does allow a, a wife to make a decision under full knowledge of, of whether she will choose to stay in a relationship and work through that pain. And I believe that's not only helpful for her, because many feel deceived into the decisions they made about the relationship under not knowing these things. Mm -hmm. I also think it's extremely helpful to her husband, because, mm -hmm. you know, as you talk about some of the core beliefs men bring into mm -hmm. um, their life from their addiction, one, one of which is, if you really knew me, you wouldn't love me, or you say you would hate me and leave hate me. Hate me and leave me, yeah. Um, one of the things I want to remind husbands of is that when your wife has heard everything about you, the good and the hard stuff, that um, in that place, when and if she chooses to stay in the relationship, my hope would be that you would also know that she is done knowing doing that under full knowledge of who you are, mm -hmm. and that that would help heal that core belief, that mm -hmm. distorted core belief, so that you might also live in truth in the relationship. Yeah, that's right. It's a, it's a great shame-reducing thing, that's for sure, and mm -hmm. uh, rearranges core beliefs, mm -hmm. like you said. And I think I remember one of the wives saying at one point, uh, you know, the husband was asking her for forgiveness, and she said, uh, how do I know 
what you know i don't know exactly what i'm forgiving you know that's right i i do believe that's an, a yeah. very important part for a wife also to know what she's forgiving right um, I think it's also a huge trust builder for her to be offered information, which is what happens when we set up full disclosure and he creates his timeline over all, all of these years of his life and then shares that timeline with her. This is not a session for her to come in with hundreds and hundreds of questions that he will willingly answer, which, which by the way, is a nice thing. And it's not ultimately what builds trust with another person. It's, an, it's initiating and offering information. Well, this is a great point, uh, Mark and Debbie, uh, for us to take our break. Mm -hmm. And when we come back, we're going to continue this great uh, discussion. As we're getting into these points, Debbie, there is so much meat to, mm -hmm. to, to be uh, discussed there that it's just uh, very, it's great information that we're sharing with our listeners. You are listening to Dr. Mark and Debbie Laser, and this is the Men of Valor program. Do you struggle with the use of pornography? Faithful and True is a Christian-based counseling center specializing in the treatment of sexual addiction and compulsive behavior issues. Our well-trained staff has the highest levels of clinical expertise combined with personal experience to understand and effectively treat your sexual addiction. We have a proven track record for helping men who are seeking a transformation in their lives. Our Men of Valor three-day intensive workshops, led by Dr. Mark Laser and Dr. Greg Miller, are the most effective and affordable treatment program in the country. Our workshop alumni rate our workshops as life-changing. We also offer workshops for spouses and couples. If you're ready to make a change in your life and are seeking a treatment program provided by the top Christian experts in the sexual addiction field, visit us today at faithfulandtrue.com to learn more. That's faithfulandtrue.com. Time now for the Trigger of the Week. Trigger of the Week uh, is kind of a, a broad one, I think, but uh, uh, one that we have heard a lot, and that is uh, there are a lot of uh, marriage seminars out there in the Christian world. We're not going to name any of them because that's not important, but generally we've had the experience that couples that we work with have gone to these historically, and they generally come away uh, feeling worse when they've been there. In other words, a lot of these workshops, seminars, whatever they are, are kind of designed for couples who are basically doing well and would like to do better. Um, and as they observe the other couples that are there at these workshops, uh, kind of uh, sends them into what we call couple shame, uh, you know, that they have as many problems in the relationship as they do. Uh, one of the wives evidently was uh, uh, discussing this very thing with uh, Susie Schmidt, one of our other therapists here, and uh, was just bemoaning the fact that uh, she and her husband had been to one of these or had heard an advertisement for one of these, and it just had made them feel rather awful. So it's kind of a couple's trigger of the week, I think, actually. 
Well, that's a relevant point, Mark, and uh, our listeners, as we have continued to grow our audience, uh, we're getting more and more of the wives uh, listening. This is why I'm so excited about this series with you, Debbie, is that uh, we get a lot of uh, requests for it, and we can see by the results of the listeners that the shows that you appear on have been very popular. So uh, we thank you again for partaking uh, in this uh, exciting new series, which uh, we'll return to right now with point six. If Are you ready to talk about well, point actually, six? Actually, a couple of more things to say Did about number five. I'm this telling you, this, this is a big, <laughs> meaty uh, subject here. You go ahead and complete yeah. five. Well, what I wanted to say about being a truth teller is we need to be careful about the readiness of going into something as important as full disclosure mm-hmm. with each other. Yeah. And the readiness is that um, for any of us, if we hear a lot of painful things and we don't have much support, I think it can create a lot of danger for that person to do what most of us mm-hmm. do when we get into a lot of pain, which is we want to run. And so um, I urge, you know, husbands, when I talk about this point with them, that they think about what kind of support their wives mm-hmm. have um, and to make sure that they do have support, ideally counseling um, other women in their life who have walked through these, this journey so that um, ideally when, when they are hurting from information they're hearing, they have places to go that would support them mm-hmm. and perhaps keep them from running and wanting to file for divorce quickly. The other thing that I know we highly recommend when we talk about full disclosure is that that you would have professional help if at all possible, whether that would be um, a counselor or a pastor or someone who knows your story who is uh, trained to be able to help you be safe in that conversation and to know what's important to share and what isn't. Um, We think this is a hard thing to do on your own, so we highly recommend that you get help. Well, all of that is true for the husband, too, that... uh... You know, a husband needs to be in counseling and be in group, and obviously that's all part of his maintaining sobriety. So uh, there is, uh, I think it's one of the ways of pointing out that um, we don't necessarily do full disclosure right away Mm -hmm. when we start working with a couple. We kind of wait to see that they're in a stable place for it. They've got the support, like you mentioned, both of them, and then they're in a good place to do it. Yes, that'd be true. Well, I've observed that it's, seems to be equally um, important that you both do the prep work for full disclosure that you do with our clients. I know that, Mark, you go to great lengths to, so that the husband is accurately uh, sharing his history. Adequately. Adequately. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. A- yeah adequately. And, Deb, I'm sure there's great prep to do with the wife yes. at the same time. Yes, there is preparation for her as well. So she has a a participating part, other than just listening, she also has a part that I prepare her for. Right. So full disclosure is a complex but powerful exercise. I believe so. Um, so we can move to number six. I suppose we ought to get moving along, or this could be a very long series. Well, welcome. This is a new yearly series that we're doing today. Um, number six that I have is for um, husbands to figure out the why of their choices. Um, I know this is not only important for them in their healing journey to figure out the why, but it's extremely helpful in building trust for his wife as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you think about it, anytime we're doing something that is not in our best interest or is hurting other people, if we don't know why we're doing that, um, there's very good likelihood that we will do it again. And we don't know when we're going to you know, step on those landmines that get us off doing something or saying something that is not um, basically the person we want to be. So understanding the why is so essential. That's right. And uh, 
that involves, I think, uh, we like to think that the husbands who have been able to come to the workshop um, generally get a good start on that because uh, we do an exercise there about their histories in which, you know, we try to help them figure that out. So, but it's an ongoing thing for them. And uh, yeah, I think you, maybe you've already said it, I'm just repeating it, that, but it does take some work on the part of the husband in the ongoing journey of counseling and group to know uh, when this whole thing started and what were some of the elements that led into it. You know, it can be very confusing because I think what's true um, for most wives that I talk with, and it's true for me too, honey, is that Mm -hmm. we know at some level we love who we've married, we love Mm -hmm. all of who you are, and the great person that you can be. And we also know there's this a part of you that has participated in things that don't seem to match up with the person we've known you to be. Mm-hmm. And so understanding that part helps us to not throw out the other part that we, in fact, want to keep. Mm-hmm. And so going after these root causes, as we say here at our center, is essentially what we're committed to do with mm-hmm. people that walk in our door. We want to be a place that is more than just figuring out behavioral solutions. Um, Those are those external ones where we're learning how to put filters on computers and we're learning how to dart eyes and we're learning how to not watch certain programs. Um, Those those can be helpful things on the front end, as I've heard you say. Right. Um, And they're not long-term solutions to walking Mm -hmm. a life that you want to walk. That's right. So So it's not only helpful for the wife in terms of building trust, but... It's really helpful for the husbands to know because over the long term it will help him um, know those factors in his life that will uh, create vulnerability. Mm -hmm. So it's rather interesting as we're talking about these things that when you think about there's nothing here that that isn't trust building for the wife that isn't good for him as well. (laughs) So um, So true. So true. Lots Uh, of mutual benefits there. Yes, right. Does that also help, Deb? When there's a tendency for the wife to think that it's about her, mm-hmm. that his acting out is is due to something that she's done, I mean, if he truly discovers the why, then she is also able to learn the truth that she's not the problem. Yeah, that's a very good point, Randy, because um, most of us wives have tagged ourselves as being the problem or the reason for this acting right. out. Or if we haven't done it for ourselves... There, there have often been those who have been blamed a lot by their husbands, so, which is an extremely hard place because figuring out who's responsible for what is, is a very important factor in getting well. Anytime we make someone else responsible for why we're doing something that is not good for ourselves or for uh, a relationship, um, we're, we're missing the mark on, again, that internally motivated place of figuring out the why for ourselves. So, yeah. Well, you want to go into number six, seven? Sure. Number six is is a little bit, I guess, um, kind of connected to this called finding your internal motivation. Okay. Um, But maybe it's a little bit different in that internal motivation, as we talk about it here, means I'm going to do what I do because I want to be a different person. Mm -hmm. And that's a very different place that I'm going to do what I'm going to do because my I want to try to keep my wife happy or I don't want my children to find out or I don't want to lose my job. Um, those are more externally motivated reasons for doing what we do. It's, it's highly trust-building when we see someone going after something they want to go after and nothing's going to get in their way because they are committed to being a different person. 
that is attractive, let me just say, in any relationship. I've been thinking about this one lately. And, you know, what, what you're saying is that uh, regardless of external reactions, mainly the wife, the husband is going to pursue his uh, sobriety. I think a lot of it is uh, deeply spiritual uh, and uh, obviously somewhat emotional that uh, regardless of consequences, regardless of other people's reaction, uh, the addict is uh, going to go after their recovery. I believe uh, at some point it's, it's kind of like you're shifting the percentages of what's important. In other words, I do think that for the addict to get broken and humble in the front stage, there's some eternal, uh, internal stuff to that, um, but not that much. Uh, but I think as recovery goes on, the, the level of internal motivation increases, the level of external motivation decreases, but in some sense... Um, the external motivation never quite completely goes away. Mm. Maybe that's part of our humanity, yeah, do you think? that's right, which you know, is part of our anxiety. Yeah. What others think of us and how they perceive us and, right. and who's not going to include us in their life anymore because we've right. done this, that, or the other thing. That's right. Um, but I do think it is such a spiritual journey to land on this internally motivated place where mm-hmm. ultimately the only person whose opinion mm-hmm. really matters is God and whether we're following... Um, our life in terms of pleasing him and being a Christ follower and being Christ-like is to the greatest extent that we can in our own life. That's right. I think what's interesting in my research, I'll bring that up again, because um, one of the questions I asked was, what are, what are the things your husband has done that were most helpful in trust building? Um, and those things were not those externally motivated things, interestingly enough. Mm-hmm. While they showed up, they were at the bottom of the things that mattered. And those things were like putting filters on computer Mm -hmm. and giving me passwords to everything. Mm -hmm. Um, The things that mattered most to women were a changed heart, Mm -hmm. uh, getting help, acknowledging they had a problem, getting help for that in counseling, full disclosure, uh, building new community. Mm -hmm. So I think it's interesting, again, the things that were really ultimately helpful to him to change who he was were the things that came to the top of the list in terms of the things that were most important to her as well. Mm-hmm. I think some listeners are going to have a hard time believing that. but uh, I know. Well, <laughs> I'll put out more of the stats in my research about that. No, your research yeah. was very clear. And, yeah. and the, it involved hun- several hundred women so, yeah, no. uh, of whom I didn't know, so anonymous mm-hmm. participators in the survey. Well, there were a lot of uh, things that were not so much surprising, but... Uh, I don't know. Maybe surprising is the word. I mean, that was that was certainly one of them. I, I um, to know what you just said, I, I think is is uh, very important. So. You know, one of the things that might have been true from my surveys, there were there were a lot of women who had been in a recovery journey themselves for a while. Yeah. You know, um, year to three, even more than three to five, yeah. and that may be an answer that comes from also a woman who has been in the journey longer, right. when her anxiety is being managed in other ways other than uh, some of the externally motivated things. That's right. So that could be true as That's well. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that complete point number six? Because we're at that point of the show, Deb, where we have just enough time. I usually turn to Mark at this point and say, 
Is there a summary thought that you can share with the listeners that kind of encapsules uh, what we've talked about today? There's been a lot of great information, and point five and point six were great additions to this list. And and what's the what's the closing thought that you'd like to leave our listeners with today? E- either one of you. Well, I think it should be Deb actually, but. Uh... Well, one that comes up for me is we mentioned it already, which is there's not so much about building trust for another person that is all that different from building trust in yourself and liking who you are and becoming the best version of the person that you can be. And so if you're really devoted to that journey, I think what you'll find is you will build trust in others, including your spouse and the one that you heard. So in a way, becoming the person that God calls you to be is inherently trust building. Yes, exactly. See, I told you. I, I told you guys you'd come up with something great. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, you've been listening to Dr. Mark Laser and his wife, Debbie. This is uh, the, the Men of Valor program, and we hope that you're enjoying this series that we have uh, launched into when you've broken her trust. We hope that this coming week is going to be a week for you that is filled with many blessings and great vision. You've been listening to the Men of Valor program with Dr. Mark Laser. For information about this program or to learn more about Faithful and True, visit us at FaithfulandTrue.com. That's FaithfulandTrue.com.